Welcome to the family. I am Cassie Schrader, sitting in for Tom Bernard, and to the left of me we have... Doug Sprinthal. And Andy Bernard. We'll be right back after these commercials. It's Doug Sprinthal for Walls Rod yes. Motor. 2 o'clock Central Time. Tune is Stay right here uh, for our seventh episode of... Uh, Car Selling Secrets, we've got Ryan Moffat coming in from the recruiting staff to talk about all kinds of job opportunities. I know it sounds a little dry, but Ryan's a really interesting guy. You guys can uh, compare kids' stories. I think he has five. Oh, I have him beat. I have him beat. Yes. <laughs> well, he's not done yet. Oh, he's not? I don't know. We'll ask him. <laughs> anyway, so stick around. If you want to call in during the show with any automotive questions, 952-800-1492. Or you can always email me at Doug at Walzer.com. Walzer Automotive, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. We are back with the family. I am Cassie Schrader sitting in for Tom Bernard, and we have our guest on the phone. Yes, we do. Seema, are you there? Hi, how are you guys? I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so obviously the huge story, it seems like lately we've been inundated with all these court cases in the news, but the one that's sticking out obviously is the Jesse Smollett case. Um, and yesterday they announced that the charges were being dropped and a lot of people are up in arms about this. Like, and and now it seems like there's just all this backdoor dealing Mm -hmm. and I, I can't even follow it anymore because I I do have a question. Is it possible this is the first (laughs) and only time that Donald Trump and Rahm Emanuel be on the same page? (laughs) (laughs) absolutely good point nice one excellent yeah this case really is confusing for even uh, our legal eagles here at court tv so i can't imagine what the rest of the country's thinking yeah because it seems like you know the charges were dropped but they're saying that he's they're not they're saying well we're not saying that he's not guilty yeah he hasn't been found not guilty he just wasn't found anything but we're keeping his bail money it's like what is going on it's i almost feel like a bait and switch going on here Sure, sure. So if you want me, I can provide a little background. Mm -hmm. The case started a few months ago where Jesse Smollett said he was the victim. He was the victim of a hate crime and reported this to the police. And maybe you remember and your listeners remember, he went on Good Morning America and he urged uh, the police department to find out who did this and solve the case. And then the police department was very much, I think it was about a dozen officers were working on the case from Chicago PD, and they, at some point, it turned around where Jesse Smollett went from victim to possible defendant because their investigation revealed that he may have staged the whole incident, right? Mm -hmm. So then... Jesse Smollett gets charged with 16 counts of felonies, 16 felonies. That's a lot. And felonies, you know, misdemeanors, you could face jail time, which is usually just the max is a year. But when you're talking about felonies, you're talking about prison. 
Okay, and you're talking about sometimes double digits or more. And, but this was serious charges. So we, char- you know, felony, 16 felonies. The case is moving forward. Then literally out of nowhere, I mean, Court TV, we were excited. We thought, hey, Jesse Smollett's going to go on trial and we're going to get to cover the case and it's going to be gavel-to-gavel coverage. But no, case is dismissed. Now, so first things first, the case gets dismissed and they say, that he has to do community service and forfeit his $10,000 bond. Let me be clear. The community service that was part of this uh, negotiation, have you, he was already done. So he had already done community service on his own for something else. It really wasn't part of this deal. So that's one point. The other point is forfeiting his $10,000 bond, which is really not a lot of money for someone like him right mm-hmm. so that was that was that was the deal now last night the prosecutor of the county kim fox she went on television and she said that they could have proven him guilty so now the question is why was the case dismissed nobody knows the answer we're only at conjecture mhm well yeah cuz there was there was talk that you know, Fox recused herself from the case and something about like Michelle, her, Michelle Obama were communicating and now. Okay. So let me, yeah, let me try to explain that a little. So what, uh, and, and what came out about Kim Fox having communicated with Smollett's family that occurred when Smollett was the alleged victim, okay, mm-hmm. which it is completely appropriate. I'm a former prosecutor. It's completely appropriate for a prosecutor to speak with the victim's family, right? That's how you try to solve the case. So at some point, Michelle Obama's, uh, someone from her staff, or, or I think who worked for her, this woman, Tina Chen is her name, she had connected Kim Fox with the family of Smollett. So that's when Kim Fox spoke to Smollett's family. Now, when Jesse Smollett then turned from being a potential victim to a potential defendant, that is when Fox said, okay, I'm going to recuse myself because now he's being investigated and I already spoke to the family. I need to step aside. What uh, the, the first assistant state's attorney, Joseph Maggot, that's when he stepped in and became the lead prosecutor against Jesse Smollett. So does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, that is. Thank you for that. Do you have a question, yeah. Doug? Oh, I've got tons of questions. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> so, go for it. So you're a former prosecutor. Cook County is yeah. it's just overrun with all sorts of criminal cases, I would assume. Sure. Um, and, I, sure. and I assume this kind of took you guys by surprise as much as it did the rest of the – I mean, did you see this coming at all? Absolutely not. Not at all. I, I, I'm telling you, I was with two other anchors. We were uh, in a room together rehearsing, and we just dropped our phones when we got the alert. We could not believe this. We need everyone to realize, you know, we implore your listeners and everyone to know this is not normal. This is not normal jurisprudence, court process. This doesn't happen. Something is really fishy here. And maybe it's just because he's a celebrity. Maybe that is what this is all about. But we don't know, and everybody wants to know. Well, I think the fact that he hired uh, Nigerian bodybuilder brothers to, to, to perpetrate this, I mean, he really, he might be washed up as an actor, but he could probably write for SNL. Um, my, my, my <laughs> question, though, is it possible that Cook County looked at this and go, you know, if we put this guy on trial, it's going to be a media circus. It'll go on and on forever. It's going to cost us just a fortune. Let's take our ten grand and walk away, or don't those conversations happen? Yes. Okay. That is a great question, by the way, because judicial economy is an issue, right? So, how much is the cost for security of the yes, building? Especially how much is the cost? in Illinois, yes. where they're bankrupt. I mean, Chicago's bankrupt, basically. Right. So, you know, I think that is a great question, and it is a valid one, and maybe that's possible. But I just want to point out that. I don't think the case would have gone on and on forever because, you know, it's a short set of facts. There are a limited amount of witnesses. So there's not, there's no, it's not one of those uh, murder trials or serial rape trials or, you know, where there's so many witnesses that you see, oh, wow, this case is going to be three months or six months. No, this would have been a two-week trial. 
Okay. All right. Uh, and, that's by, fair. And, 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 and especially when, especially when it's something so serious and so egregious to fake potentially, you know, I mean, that's what the accusation was. He was perpetrating a fraud of a hate crime. And, you know, in this climate that we're living in, when people are just looking for hate to latch on to, it just sends the wrong message. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's for judicial economy. Yeah. So now Trump's asked the FBI to look into it, from what I understand. What can they actually actually do? Okay, so here's – so yesterday, I believe, you know, when all this happened – I I have to interrupt you. You're supposed to say that was another really great question. (laughs) That was another really good question. Sorry, that was another really good question. It's just one after the other. You're like knocking them out of the park today. Um, So, so yesterday, Illinois lawmakers were saying that the attorney general of Illinois should look into this, which does seem an appropriate next step. Now, just to be clear, the attorney general's office of Illinois would look into the actions or the propriety of the actions of the Cook County's office. So it's not about Jesse Smollett anymore. It's about the prosecutors and whether this deal uh, was appropriate, whether the dismissal was in fact appropriate. Okay. Now, so Trump, God love him. He weighs in this morning and gets in the mix and says, Hey, I want the FBI and the DOJ to get involved. Uh, He could recommend that. It doesn't mean that they're going to do that. You know, they're not his, they're not his personal it, lawyers. It, it's still a three-legged stool. He's a, the executive branch. He's not yeah. judicial. I, I, I get that. I don't know if he understands yeah. that completely. but No, but so I don't know how much weight that holds, him saying that. But I do think that the Attorney General's Office of Illinois, uh, it would be entirely appropriate for them to look into it. Now, I just want to point something else out, which you, probably, you guys probably heard about, that the FBI was involved in this case because Jesse Smollett had allegedly written a threatening letter to himself. So they were looking at uh, mail fraud because oh, of the mail uh, charges. Yep. Oh, right. Yeah. But so let me tell you, I heard reporting this morning, and I cannot confirm this, but I did hear reporting this morning that the FBI is considering uh, closing that case. So they would not pursue charges against Jesse Smollett in the mail fraud case. So that's still out there. It may be closed, but basically this leaves everyone with the bottom line is the FBI, the Department of Justice, the State Attorney General, anybody who now looks into this case will be looking into the Cook County Prosecutor's Office. That's what's left I see. Okay. for now. Well, one question so I Jesse have. Smollett, oh, go ahead. he may be just, you know, no, Jesse, Jesse Smollett may be free and clear. Oh, wow. You know, he may be just, yeah, like, his, his part of all this may be over. Well, what, what is going on with the two guys that he supposedly hired to perpetrate this crime? I mean... Would Hans they... and Franz, they're going to pump you up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like, uh, if the charges are dropped... Those guys are big. <laughs> ...against Jesse, shouldn't they be dropped against them as well? That's I, correct. I don't they think... Should, were they ever yeah. charged with anything? I'm not sure. I don't think... See, I don't... Yeah, I don't, I don't think... they think, I don't think they've charged him with anything. I think, well, let me see. Hold on one second. I, they were arrested. Um, they eventually confessed to the alleged plot. Uh, they appeared before a grand jury, but they were released without charges. So, yes, you're oh, okay. right. Okay. They were released without charges. But just to be clear, if there was a trial, they would have had to testify. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, they would have had to testify. I mean, they, they are the two material witnesses. They're the integral part of the narrative of the story, right? So what are the chances they'll get their own podcast out of this? <laughs> oh my god! I seriously, I mean, I don't even know. I, I just, yeah, yeah. You, you have such a crazy job. It must be kind of fun as a former prosecutor to cover all this stuff. But it seems like the world, at least the country, has gone crazy lately. Mm-hmm. The country has gone crazy lately, and yeah. So I, I was a former prosecutor. I was a prosecutor. I was also a state and federal uh, defense attorney for uh, about. 14 years, and yet, no, this is just so much fun for us. I, you know, I'm really lucky to be at Core TV. You know, we're, we're launching in May. We're going to have live gavel-to-gavel coverage, the most compelling cases in the country. And I can't, you know, I got to tell you guys, it's just the most entertaining and riveting 
scenario is being in the courtroom. When, when you're watching trials, it doesn't matter if they're high profile. It doesn't matter if they're people you, you never know. When these stories unfold and you don't know what's going to happen next, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. It's spectacular. I, it really I bet is. it really is fun. And it, and it's, it, it makes great television. I, I'm old enough that I grew up on divorce court, which was horrible. Yeah. And then Raymond oh, yeah. Burr, which led you to believe that if you smoke mm-hmm. enough, you could solve any murder crime. Yeah. That's, well, that's all and, I got from Raymond. I mean, the first... I wish that was true. Yeah. 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 The first gavel-to-gavel coverage of any, you know, especially being high profile, was the O.J. Simpson trial. And yeah. everybody was glued yeah. to their yeah, TV. Right. I remember watching yeah. it when I was, uh, I was probably, what, 12 or 13 yeah, at the time? show off. <laughs> And do, you, do you remember where you were when the verdict came in? Do you uh, remember that? I, I'm trying. I want to say I was at home with watching it with my grandma, because it was was See, it. Like, I think everybody, yeah, everybody remembers that moment. I think it was. It must have been sometime in the afternoon, like around lunchtime. Yeah, because it was like right after school got out in June, and um, yeah, I remember being sense. at home and watching it with my grandma. She was. We were in our our three seasons or four seasons porch. And her and I watched it, like, every day, obviously, when I was in school. But I'd come home and see sure. the recap and, and all that stuff because I was fixated by it. Because I, I think it was kind of our first insight of the due process in the courtroom to see how these sure. things, you know, and what a case to learn on yeah. was the O.J. Simpson trial. And that thing lasted, like, it was pretty much my whole the whole school year because it started in, like, October and went all the way to June. So... Um, I would have to get the recaps when I'd get home from school, and I was just fixated. I'm like, I can't wait to get home to see what happened during the trial today and and stuff like that. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, I remember sitting with my grandma watching it uh, when the verdict came in and just the the jaw dropping on one side and the cheering on the other to see that. It was like, wow. Yeah. So I was fixated watching, you know, court cases on TV, and then one I was obsessed with was the Casey Anthony uh, trial. Yeah, right. So, so you must know. So, our lead anchor is Vinnie Politan, who is the mm-hmm. lead anchor for Casey Anthony. So, uh, he, yeah, and uh, you know, he's part of the team. Like, like I said, our lead anchor. So, there's going to be a lot of familiar faces from the original Court TV. A lot of the original Court TV uh, staff has come back to be a part of this. So, it's really just. It's almost a passion project for all of us. I mean, we're just so, so grateful and happy and excited. And we feel that the public is in desperate need of this because there is nothing like court TV on, on television. There's nothing like this. Gavel to gavel, 24 hours, court TV. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and some of the insights with the whole Jesse Smollett case. I'm sure it's going to change by tomorrow on what's going on. <laughs> yeah. it, but tune in to Court TV. I and, hear he might have colluded with the Russians. Yeah, I, I, probably. Many people yeah, right. are saying that. <laughs> that's That'll be the next that's the, Yeah, that's the next headline coming up. But we'll be right back here. Okay, you guys are so much fun. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for coming on. And uh, We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back here with the family. I'm Cassie Schrader sitting in for Tom. Bernard. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. If you're tired of feeling frustrated because your clothes don't fit like they used to, then Nutramost is for you. Thanks to the Sheehy brothers and staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I am down 92.5 pounds. The Nutramost program is amazing. I lost over 40 pounds during each of my first two 40-day rounds. You can have great success just like me because Nutramost is customized for each individual person, and the staff at Nutramost will be there for you every step of the way. 
Start your weight loss journey today and let Nutramost help change your life. Give yourself this wonderful gift or give this program as a present. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life and they can help you too. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Welcome to the family. We are back here. I'm Cassie Schrader, sitting in for Tom Bernard. Um, Doug and I are going to cover some news right now, uh, but we do have car selling secrets coming up at 2 p.m. with Doug. And who's coming in? Ryan Moffat. Moffat. Don't That's call a, him Muppet. Muppet. <laughs> Don't call no, him Muppet. No, you're going to think that. And you can call in. Uh, they're willing to take calls and answer your questions if you have any questions about cars, sell, you know, buying a car, leasing, whatnot. Anything. Anything, anything. you got on your mind. Repair, we're probably weak on, but we're in sales, so we'll make up a likely answer. Yes. That, that studio number is 952-800-1492. Write it down and make sure you give us a call. Um, well, scientists have unearthed the Rex of rexes i guess scotty they named it scotty the t-rex oh weighs more than nineteen thousand pounds and it's the biggest t-rex ever found where'd they find them do you know um it says here it it took a long time to unearth but it's a whopper paleontologists have announced the discovery of the largest tyrannosaurus rex ever found with the skeleton measuring 42 feet. The dinosaur is estimated to have weighed in over 19,400 pounds. Um, it, let's see. S- Scott, they named him Scotty, <laughs> who is named after a bottle of scotch the research- researchers enjoyed after finding, is thought to have stocked the lands around what is now Saskatchewan in Canada. So they found this guy up in Canada. Not too far from here. They're, they found a lot of them in the Dakotas. Oh, yeah. Well, I think they've even found, um, I don't know if they found a T-Rex in Minnesota, but I know they've unearthed uh, full skeletons of dinosaurs. I, I just find dinosaurs fascinating. What, what I find fascinating is how do the scientists know what, exactly what they look like? Just by their bones. I don't think they, they make it up. Yeah, I don't think they really do. <laughs> I think this one has a little hint of green on yeah. the top of his head. But they did find out that velociraptors actually were covered. They were probably more like an emu. Yeah, they've with, got feathers. Yeah, they had feathers. Because originally they, they portrayed them as just looking like regular dinosaurs with no feathers. But now they think that... Um, that they had feathers, so now every <laughs> and so when we have wild turkeys in our yard, we call them velociraptors because <laughs> they're they're vicious. Those dang turkeys. I saw a dead one in Pilot Knob Road the other day. Somebody had squashed it with their automobile. Oh, oh well, they're everywhere. Yes, they are, and they're too dumb to get out of the way. Oh, I know. Although the, I, there was a video uh, that I saw quite a few times on Facebook, there was a big old tom turkey, right? And he stops. He's like, he's like a crossing guard. He goes out in the middle of the road, turns around, fans out his feathers. All the cars stop, and he's letting all the female turkeys walk across the road. Huh. It, it was sounds the, like a turkey, a pimp turkey. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But I was like, what on earth? That that is so funny to me. I I just I love animals, and I think that's why I'm always posting. Um, animal videos on facebook because who needs the politics right yeah oh god well we have good news yeah uh four companies have been busted by the ftc for robocalls uh four of the biggest companies in i don't know if it's the world or just the country although i do know that just one of them was making over one billion calls per year wow so that's a billion calls a year that's, uh, that aren't going to be going out anymore. Yeah. Um, Net Dot Solutions, Point Break Media, Higher Goals Marketing, and one scam organization called Veterans of America. Oh, I thought it was, for a minute I was afraid it was going to be Walzer.com. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to buy a car? Yes. Um, yeah, I, do, I wonder if that, that app, RoboKiller, has played it, a part in that because I'm wondering if they're able to track what companies are robocalling well they can't find them out if the people don't report them so if the more people who report these things then the quicker it's going to happen yeah but how many people 
And I'll just ask you guys this. Do you answer the phone if you don't recognize the number? Not anymore. See, my phone will come up. It'll say scam likely. Yeah, mm. I get that too as T-Mobile started doing that a while. Yeah, so when it's usually like that or something that I don't recognize, I don't answer. I just hang up. You know, and I'm like, if it's obviously somebody is trying to reach me and it's important, they'll leave me a voicemail. Yeah, that's what I think too. You know, um, yeah, I, I get, I probably on my cell phone, I probably get about three a day of Jeez. the scam likelies. Yeah, that's why I changed my number. I don't get any anymore. Yeah. Just I, wait. That'll happen eventually, yeah, and then I'll have to change it again. Right. But Well, these robocalls, I mean, I've gotten them where they're like, oh, you can, uh, for like mortgages and stuff. I'm like, I don't. Oh, yeah, mortgages, extended warranties, uh, and fake charities are like the three biggest ones. And one of them, it's... It's an automated thing where they tell you something. There's been a change to your credit card account. Right. Or something like that. And then you end up talking to them. And what they want to do is rope you into like a debt consolidation or something like that. And it's like, yeah, you know, I've just gotten to the point where I, as soon as I hear like an automated, I like the ones that will call you and tell you to hold. Please hold for, and I'm like, oh, why right. are you calling me to tell me? Because it's hold? a computer. Now they're going to flip you to a live person once yeah. they get off the phone with some other. Yeah, I just usually person. hang up on them, or I tell them to take my number off their list. And I, I used to mess with them back in the '90s uh-huh. when they were real people. You know, yeah. somebody wanted to sell carpet cleaning, and I said, "Yeah, I've got hardwood floors and all this sort mm-hmm. of stuff." And one guy was pitching me for. I don't remember it was encyclopedias. This is a long time ago. Some really expensive book deal. I told him I was blind, and he says, well, we have it in Braille and tape, too. I'm like, wow. Turn that back on you. <laughs> now you're stuck with a I bunch of go, Braille oh, encyclopedias? That's right, or and I'll sell them cheap. <laughs> Some of the uh, information's a little outdated. Oh, I saw the best meme ever, and I think I might do this. It says if a, if a telemarketer or a robocaller calls you and you get a live person, just to hand the phone to your three- or four-year-old and tell them it's Santa Claus. Well, that was one of the mm. cool things that I liked <laughs> about that guy that was selling that app, uh, the robocaller, is that they actually will just mess yep. with the people. Waste their time. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've done that before because then they'll be like, uh, they'll try and sell me whatever, and I'm like, I don't know. Can you, can you hang on? I, th- I think... I- there might be a, a that might be a shark. Can, 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 you, can you hang? hang can, just hang on for a minute. Hang on. And I'm like, oh well, then you know, let me think about it. I said, can I have your home phone number and I'll give you a call if I decide to. They're like, oh no, we can't do it. I said, what? You don't like people calling you at home and bothering you, you know? And so they're like, uh. Or I just tell them I don't speak English. Well, according to the FCC, uh, tw- in 2018 there were 26 billion spam calls. Uh, just in the U.S., and according to my math, that is 103 spam calls per year per person per over person. 18. Yeah. So the average person over 18, on average, gets a spam call every three days. And do, are these spam calls even effective? I mean, do people they actually? Must be if they they wouldn't do it if they weren't. Like buy whatever they're selling. There was or... a Monty Python skit years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Eric Idle. I don't remember, but he'd walk up to people's doors and knock on the door and go, Burglar! What's that? Burglar! Are you a burglar? Well, no, but have you ever considered owning a fine set of encyclopedias? <laughs> well, I guess from the answer to the door. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times, too, um, like you get the people that go door to door. I've never really gotten that. Only like oh, once before. I just had a local. Well, a public domain come to my door asking me for donations. Um, yeah. But uh, a public domain. Well, a, like a um, a like public PBS. institution. Oh, it oh. was PBS. I thought, I thought it was maybe France or something. Uh, <laughs> we need money, please. A publicly funded. Uh, well, PBS is well known for their solicitation. Yeah. Oh God, and you know I feel bad, but it's like my kids don't—they're old now. They don't watch TPT Kids anymore. Yep. You know, although there's times when he need my youngest needs a nap, I'll put on TPT Kids because they're very calming uh, television mm-hmm. programs oh, for yeah. kids. But um, you get those door-to-door salesmen trying to sell you siding. Oh, and I know insulation. Things. That's a suburban homeowner. Oh, thing. I know. Yep. And they try and rope you in. I just tell them I'm a renter. And I don't yeah. own the home. 
And then I said that I can't do anything. My landlord takes care of everything. And usually that ends a conversation. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're really in the need for new siding, then talk to the guy. But other than that, you know, I just, because I know they're trying, I know they have a job to do and I know they're trying to sell something, but they, they just can't take no for an answer. You know, if, hey, if you come to my door and I really need a new roof, yeah, I'll tell you. I'd be like, yeah, oh, yeah, give me an estimate. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it just, it is very frustrating, especially, in you, it's hard to be rude to them because you know they're just trying to do their yeah. job, you know. But, but, yeah, it's, if you don't need it, you don't need it. Yeah, I know. It's just like, okay, do your job. If I tell you no, then just take that no for an answer and uh, just go with it. So, um, yeah, there's so much news about Jesse Smollett. I'm tired. I know. Of, well, sh- one thing about that case is that uh, the Chicago Police Department really, uh, they lost a lot of respect from a lot of people, I think. Mm-hmm. Or was it? It's Well, so the, the DA's office is the, the one that. Yeah, right. Oh, yes. It's the DA and Chicago police are, they don't like each other very much. And this has made it even worse because obviously. Uh, the DA basically just said, nope, we're not going to do anything about that guy you just spent a ton of man hours arresting. Well, it looks like Facebook uh, might be um, under the gun here. The feds are going after Facebook, Mm. but the agency involved might not be the first that would come to mind. The Department of Housing and Urban Development, as The Hill explains, Ben Carson of uh, the House of Urban Development has filed charges leveling serious accusations that the company is violating the Fair Housing Act through its advertising practices. What? Now, Doug, you're in advertising. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yes. How, how, how would Facebook violate fair housing, the Fair Housing Act? Well, so what they're doing, apparently, is they're allowing... Uh, I just heard about this on the radio yesterday. They're allowing advertisers to redline uh, neighborhoods that they don't want to run these ads in for either employment or housing. Oh, well, but I mean, advertisers are allowed to do that. Well, yes and they no. they got demographic areas. I mean, you can, I think, and I'm not an attorney, obviously. I'm a glorified used car salesman. But I think you can target, but I don't think you could exclude, and that's the difference. And, yeah. that, and that goes back to redlining. In the mortgage industry, you know, in the 60s and 70s and up until the 80s. Well, here's what Ben Carson said. He goes, Facebook is discriminating against people based upon what they are and where they live. Using What's a Ben com- doing these days? I haven't heard from him in a couple of years. He's the lead. Uh, I'm kidding, I know. Yeah, for house and urban development. but He's yeah, getting he's- treated for narcolepsy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he's using a computer to limit a person's housing choices can be just as discriminatory as slamming a door in someone's face. Base. But not advertising someone is different from not letting them buy a house, though. But see, I yeah, and that's the thing. It's like okay, there's a weird argument. Ads. If somebody that's maybe living in you know kind of like in a low income area, yeah, and they want they're looking to upgrade. They have Google. They can right. search for it. I mean, there are other it. ways around it, but I, I I think the point is, and I'm I'm trying to understand it as well. Yeah. Is that it really is. It, it, it's a barrier that shouldn't be. So if they have the new de- housing development, and it's called Whiteyville, mm-hmm. they don't want to advertise, uh, you know, buy a new plot of land or a house in Whiteyville to the people that are not like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of, I think, what it's all about. Right? Oh, okay, because I'm like, you know, if people... And I, I mean... don't think Whiteyville's an actual place. It just made that <laughs> Well, and another thing, too, uh, it's like, okay, first you hear about people complaining about all these ads on Facebook. Now they're complaining on what ads they're not seeing. Yeah. I... Which is it? I, it's like, why why doesn't Facebook show me Viagra ads? What do they think that I'm not a man anymore? Yeah, because <laughs> well, I've always been gender discrimination. I get ads, I get emails for that, and simultaneously get them from young Rum, uh, Russian women that want to meet me. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm always getting ads for antidepressants. What's that about? You know? <laughs> <laughs> What's your Google search history yeah. look like? Yeah, I know, right? I, it's weird how those algorithms work when it comes to Facebook. And, you know, because there's times I don't I don't even Google search it. I Dave and I will be talking about it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I start seeing ads. For, it, for example, we, he, I've been complaining about my back. 
having a lot of back issues because of my arthritis and all that. So he's like, well, maybe you should go see a chiropractor. Next thing I know, I'm seeing chiropractor after chiropractor. And I never even searched it on my phone, on my computer. So I think my Alexa was listening. Ah, yeah, probably. And my phone. My phone, I think my phone does it as well. So you're going to wind up like Better Call Saul's brother, the guy who thinks that there's <laughs> stray electricity everywhere and winds I'm gonna up I'm going to wrap my crazy. head in tinfoil. Yep, that's right. He wrapped his whole house in tinfoil. <laughs> he did. Wow. Well, um, we have to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back here with the family. Uh, Cassie Schrader sitting in for Tom Bernard. Tom Bernard here. Hey, let me ask you. Do you know me because you recognize my voice or my face? Good question, isn't it? Let me ask you another one. What do you think when I say priority courier experts? Do you know them because you recognize their trucks or do you know them by their name? Well, let me tell you something you might not know about my friends at Priority. 485 local drivers, 85 office staff, 37 million deliveries since 1997, and an opportunity for you to join their company. Drivers, you can join the fleet in your own vehicle or lease to own one of theirs. Or you can join the office staff and earn the most respectable pay in the business with 15 days off in your first year. Medical, dental, matching 401k, and a genuine chance for advancement. Just ask Jennifer, who started as a customer service rep and is now vice president. Over 5,000 Minnesota companies rely on priority because every time you call us, we deliver. Join the team today at Priority.com. That's Priority.com. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry, This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Welcome back to the family. I'm Cassie Schrader sitting in for Tom Bernard. Um, Doug and I thought it would be important to bring up Minnesota flooding that's going on right now. Yeah, um, so yesterday I, I'm fascinated by it um, for a few reasons. I love the rivers here. We have a boat down in Hastings. My wife is Hastings born and bred. So I went to a few different places. I went to the old Cedar Avenue Bridge. And mm-hmm. Those of you might not know, there, once upon a time, there was a rickety two-lane bridge. It was the only way to get to Egan and Lakeville and Apple Valley. The thing was so narrow. I remember driving across it in the 70s. If you were in a pickup truck, you couldn't meet another pickup truck coming the opposite way because you could bang mirrors. Well, that is just, it's about a foot above the Minnesota River right now. It's almost flooded. I went through downtown St. Paul. I went across the river and took some pictures. I like to do that from time to time. And uh, Warner Road and Shepherd Road are underwater by Lower Town. It's actually coming. On, it's, the water's making its way up to, towards Kellogg. It's not going to get there. Yeah. Uh, we've been really, really lucky in that despite the rapid snow melt, we haven't had any rain in, I think, two or three weeks now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that had happened, we would be some of these river towns would be in tough shape. The uh, Stillwater is sandbagged all of downtown. The water is almost up to the very bottom of the lift bridge. I saw some video of guys out in boats, and they were dragging these big ice chunks that would got stuck under the bridge, so the water doesn't take the take the bridge out. Red Wing is. Uh, Got a lot of water down in the front. Boaters that know the Harbor Bar, uh, the Harbor Bar is uh, about two feet underwater right now. So don't go there this weekend. Well, but yeah. if you like reggae and a beautiful <laughs> spot in the summertime, the Harbor Bar is about as good as it gets. It's right across the river from downtown. Well, yeah, because they're saying 45 out of the 87 counties that we have in Minnesota are now affected by spring flooding in some capacity. So some, you know, minor flooding. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, especially the cities along the rivers like Lesur, Jordan, I know they've been having a lot of issues. And it says so far 18 counties have declared local emergencies, which yeah. is Big Stone, Blue Earth, Chippewa, Clay County, Cottonwood, Jackson, 
uh, I don't even know how to say this one. La Qui Parlay. La Qui Parl is how they pronounce it in is Minnesota. It? Okay. Martin It means <laughs> uh, talking lake in French. Oh, okay. I don't know French. Lac is lake. Qui okay. Parl is that talks. Okay. Good to know. See, you're learning. This is a bilingual world I'm now. Learning. Isn't that amazing? I love learning. Okay. In Nobles <laughs> County, Norman, Ramsey, Rock, uh, Traverse, Wadena, Wasika, Wilkin, Wright, and Yellow Medicine counties are all under emergency flooding, obviously. Um, so, uh, and it says MnDOT is reminded drivers on Wednesday, do not drive around barricades or through flooded roadways and share videos of some of the flooding on Highway 93 in Sur. So, yeah, if you Google search. So, wait a minute, let me get this news flash right. If the road's barricaded and it says road closed, you're not supposed to drive around that? <laughs> no, they don't want you driving around the barricades to get down I, the road. That's, that's <laughs> my point. Although, yeah. I don't know about you, Doug. You seem mischievous. I think you would have fun. Hey, 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 easy. <laughs> I would. I would be tempted, trust me. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been crazy. So those of you that are young, uh, in 1965 was the worst flood that Minnesota ever had. It was very similar to weather conditions this year, but an even faster snow melt and a ton of rain. Mm -hmm. So it... it Took out the Minnesota uh, River all the way up, and in downtown St. Downtown St. Paul Kellogg Boulevard, which is way up from the river, was underwater. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a friend who lived on the west side, and Lilydale, which is on the other side of the Mississippi River, kind of where KQ does that boat cruise. When you're on the paddle, oh, yes. on the left side of the boat, that's Lilydale, and the only thing there is the St. Paul Yacht Club, which is a weird building because they don't have any yachts. It's like a supper club. That's where any I got boats. engaged. Oh, okay. I got engaged on the '80s, the KQRS uh, '80s boat cruise. Wow. Dave was dressed up like 1985 Dave in his Springsteen oh, no. gear, and I, oh, was I saw that picture. That was when he proposed. Huh? Yeah, he had a wig on because <laughs> he's like, I wasn't bald in 1985, and. <laughs> Good old days. Yeah, and I was wearing a mini skirt and fishnet leggings, and which you weren't wearing in 1985 because you were what five? I was four. <laughs> okay. Rub it in. Doug. So, well, it's good. Yeah. My wife's a little bit younger than I am, but anyway, that that part of the river is called Lilydale, and apparently before 65 there was a lot of summer homes there, cottages and stuff like that. Well, the 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 flood was so bad they washed right into the river. And the DNR didn't know what to do. So my friend, who was, I don't know, eight or nine at the time, he was born in the mid-50s, watched the DNR. They'd go out there on these boats, and they'd load these houses up, fill, fill them full of dynamite, and blow them up in the middle of the river. He said it was the coolest thing ever. So Yeah, it, it's crazy. I remember, I want to say it was like an 87. Um, I remember, because I grew up in Bloomington. and East or West. Were you a cakeier or a working person? I was a working person. I was okay. east, east, east side, right. Kennedy High School. Right. Um, we had a lot of flooding. And it was like in May, I want to say, because we had all Oh, this, I know when was, that was. It was like April and May. That was May, late May of 1987. 87, okay. Yeah, and I remember that. Yeah, because... I was working at Walzer Mazda, which is where the Best Buy headquarters is now. Mm -hmm. And what happened was we had 10 inches of rain in the Twin Cities in about an hour and a half. Yep. So we closed the dealership down, and being, as I was quite a bit younger, the finance manager and I went to Bennigan's and just started pounding drinks. <laughs> I'll never forget, we had a, a, did they call them servers then? It was either a server or a waitress, whatever with the appropriate 1987 term <laughs> Yeah, goes, no kidding. What happened? I says, oh, it's terrible. 494 shut down. It's all flooded. We're just going to kind of wait for the thunder to stop, and then we're going to head home. And she goes, well, yeah, I live down in Burnsville. Do you think it's bad on 35W? And I said, oh, you mean, like, right over there? No, I'm pretty sure that it only rained right on Penn Avenue. <laughs> yeah. I came to, to work the next day, I almost said school, and there were kids jumping off the Penn Avenue bridge onto 494 into the water. Mm -hmm. And we were watching mm -hmm. them. They had a tow truck and a scuba diver, and they're hooking up a big, long winch cable and pulling cars out of there. And we're laughing like crazy. I'm standing there with the used car manager. He goes, oh, look, here comes another one. I said, Hey, John, I think that's your Riviera. And he goes, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That's, I remember that. Yeah, because I, I remember 35W, right, going into Burnsville would flood. Black, that whole yep. area down by Black Dog would flood out. 
quite a bit. I mean, every year during the spring, but it was really bad during yep. that Bloomington flood. Yep. And I probably knew some of the kids that were jumping off. You the probably did. It wasn't me. I, I was a I, good girl. But yeah, I would I have done the same thing hadn't I been like I was twenty seven, I think, at the time. Yeah, I know a lot of people. I mean, Bryant Bryant Park, which was near my house, it was a park that was kind of sunk in, mm-hmm. and it basically turned into a pond. The whole thing, and people were jumping off the basketball hoops into the water. They would swim over the basketball hoops, climb up, and jump in. I mean, it was sitting under twelve feet of water. Yeah, well, and it's nice it because the sewage system's all backed up too. So it's basically... <laughs> yeah, swimming in sewage. That's right. Yeah, Bloomington didn't smell very good for a while after that flooding, and it was cold. I remember that summer. The rest of the summer, it was cold after that. I tell you, I went down to where we keep our boat, which is Kings Cove, yesterday to see how bad it was, uh, and they did a nice job getting some of the a lot of the big boats in, but the place. The ice isn't out all the way, and the place just reeks, and there were bald eagles everywhere. Apparently what happened was that it was so cold in February that the marina froze solid and froze all the fish, and so now that it's thawing out, they're just like, it's a Chinese buffet, all you can eat two bucks, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we had It was weird, it really was. Yeah, some of those things, and I remember going to my dad's pickup truck, because he would plow snow in the winter, yeah, and so he'd he'd take off the plow and we'd drive around his truck, go, d- driving through all the flooded waters and stuff like that. Because like he knew, because he was a bus driver for the uh, schools, mm-hmm. so he knew what how deep the water was yeah. on a lot of these roads. So he would take and we we'd drive through and splash. And I I just remember it was a good memory that I have growing up in Bloomington of the Bloom- the great Bloomington flood as they say swimming around at Valley View Park <laughs> you know you're swimming across baseball fields it it was crazy and i i don't know how these people but the, the flooding that we've had this year they've taken really good precautions getting yeah. sandbags out early um and and they were giving away sandbags around Stillwater for free you just had to say okay i need Right. You'd call a number yep. and say, I need X amount of sandbags, and they would have them ready for you. They had volunteers bagging the sand. I saw the coolest thing on YouTube, and basically it was an attachment for a bobcat. So it's this mm-hmm. big, long, square thing. It was about four by six, let's say. And it had it was a scoop on the top, and then it had holes in the bottom. And you take empty sandbags and stick them in the holes, and then the scooper would go into the sand, pick it up, and then shake it back and forth. Oh, nice. And it'd fill all the sandbags, and then you'd set it down. So then all you had to do was tie them up, and you were good to go. I thought it was that was a that genius. Was pretty clever. Yeah, but I, get... I don't think they had that at Stillwater. I was watching some uh, uh, local news last night, and they were still doing it the old-fashioned drudgery way. Yeah, where they'd have the funnel and the bag yeah. and the scoop. And it's scoop. really fun for about six minutes. <laughs> and then for the next eight hours, it's torture. Well, I give I give a lot of credit for those people volunteering. Yeah, and, you know, no, it's, it's a great. community effort, that's for sure, to, to keep the, the floodwaters. Usually in the river towns, and I know they did it in Stillwater, and I think Red Wing, they let the kid, the high school kids out of school if they're willing to go down and help. Okay. And, of course, every high school kid, oh, it's way better than studying. Oh, I, he has to take another bathroom break, obviously. Mm. All right, we'll keep going. We've got uh, Ryan Moffat sitting to my right. Ryan is going to be the guest uh, of the upcoming Walzer Automotive Car Selling Podcast Secrets. Sorry, Car Selling Secrets Podcast. I can't even talk right. We're kind of loose today. Tom uh, took a unscheduled vacation. Well, I think he scheduled it probably right at the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> He's got uh, the grandkids down in Florida. That Mom, kind of thing Mumsy's is never big birthday coming up this weekend. So they're at, is, now is it Disneyland or Disney World, World in Florida and Disneyland's in California? Yes, yes, okay. indeed. Why they do that is, I suppose, I'm the only one in the world that's confused. Mm. Well, Disney World came first, and then they didn't want to confuse people by having two Disney Worlds, even though they eventually they're opened 3, Euro Disney World. thousand miles apart. Yeah, but. I don't know. So do you think people would show up in Orlando and go, oh, these tickets are only good in L.A.? Well, there was that up. one pilot who did fly to the wrong country recently, so. Oh, I heard about it. There was a flight plan that was wrong, though, right? It's not uh, like he was just reading the compass and had the atlas 3,000 miles east. Got it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he says he doesn't know why he flew to the wrong country, which is not the right thing to say. If you want to ever fly a plane ever again. So what wasn't it Scotland? 
and he was supposed to go to Germany or something. I don't, re- I can't remember the exact story. Well, let's see here. British Airways. Oh, that was three days ago. For some reason, I thought that was like yesterday. Yes, from London to Germany, went to Scotland, which is in the complete opposite direction. So, well, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> But it's not yeah. like he went to well, no, it's, Portugal. Yeah, or... yeah, at least he yeah, at least he didn't go like six thousand miles off course or anything. Uh, the incorrect flight plan was filed, but I mean, even then, shouldn't someone have noticed? Like, hey, the sign says Germany. Why are we going to Scotland? Yeah, you would think so. It's kind of strange that no one. I'll tell yeah. you a funny story about that. It's probably going to go a little bit long, but I'll try to make it quick. Back in the '90s, I was a full-time used car buyer and. One of the places I went to for Minneapolis was Detroit. Now, Minneapolis to Detroit is always a really expensive ticket. It's seven or 800 bucks. doesn't matter how far yes. in advance you bid it. And nobody knows why. It's just what it is. So this is pre-9-11. This guy told me, you know, find a flight that originates somebody someplace else, stops at Mini, and then goes to Detroit. And you can get on. You're not supposed to. It's somewhat illegal, but they'll never catch you. Okay, that sounds great. Save the company some money. And I'm booking from Omaha, Minneapolis, Detroit. I do this three or four times. And one Friday afternoon, we're late for the plane's late, getting there, shows up. We go on. We go out to the tarmac. We sit there for 45 minutes. They back to the gate. They've got a problem with the plane. Everybody gets off the plane. They bring another plane. By now, we're like four hours late. We're up in the air. I'm like, oh, God, well, at least I can get home Friday night. The pilot comes on and says the following. Uh, sorry for the delay at uh, Northwest Airlines. We want you to be safe, blah, blah, blah. We really appreciate that. Got some great news. We checked the manifest. There are no Minneapolis pa- uh, passengers. We've been cleared direct to Omaha. <laughs> so oh my God. I, I got to Omaha at 9.30 on Friday night. Had to rent a car and drive back because I had to work the next day. I got home about 6 in the morning. Yeah. Well, uh, when they did land in Scotland, the flight attendant came out and said, raise your hand if you thought you were traveling to Dusseldorf. <laughs> Which to me sounds like the beginning of a Saw movie. I bet you thought you were going to Germany, didn't you? <laughs> oh, God. What did I miss? A lot. A flight I... that was supposed to go to Germany but went to Scotland instead. Oh, I would, I would, I'd be game for that. <laughs> I would totally... From London, though. I mean, you could have walked. From London, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Scotland is like, what, a couple of feet? Yeah. Well, yeah. they touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's... Scotland is basically the northern part yeah. of England. Yeah. Scotland's there. basically northern England, yeah. yeah. It's the Canada of England. Oh, God. Well, what a place, though, to get divert. I mean, you know. Yeah, at least that, yeah, at least they weren't going to, like, Siberia. Okay. Well, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Doug Sprinthal and Car Selling Secrets in the third hour. Make sure you call in if you have any questions. The number to call is 952-800-1492. We'll be right back in a few minutes. 